Luke 15, 25 through 32. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew not to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Your brother is come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry. Get that. He was angry. He would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve you. Look at this. Back to works. We're going to go there. I serve you. Neither transgress I. I just took my Bible one time when I was young and reading this and circled every time the word I was in this. Neither transgressed I at any time your, your commandments. And yet thou never gave me a, even a goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, look at this. This is my text tonight. You are ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again. And was lost and is found. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We pray for your anointing. God, your presence, help me, Holy Spirit. We fill you in such a mighty way. We give thanks to you for your presence and your moving. Lord, we pray that you just, this next 20 minutes, just help us focus on you. In Christ's name, amen. So, you say you're preaching on the love of God, and you start off with the elder brother. Well, I found out that if you don't get the love of God and you don't let the Holy Spirit really let you get how much God loves you and how deep his love is and how wide his love is, all, you become the elder brother. I'm going to show you two guys tonight, and I'm going to show you what happens to one when they don't get the love of God. We were talking about works and works and works, and a lot of people in the church today have really checked out on God, and they've become frustrated like this elder brother. They have anger in their life, and they, they don't say it out loud, but it's full, and it's in them, and they don't understand the love of God. They don't get the Father saying, hey, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. He was basing it off of works. Well, hey, he's not working and you're showing him love. I'm working and you're not showing me love. It's not by works. It's the love of God. It's the, it's the knowledge of the Father. There are people tonight that did not walk forward, that did not worship because they knew how they acted today even maybe. And they let that hinder them because they don't fully understand the love of God. God is love. You know, I, I was telling them Wednesday night, you read the text, and Jesus said, if you love me, Brother Dennis, you keep my commandments. Well, a lot of times, I take my Bible like you got yours there. When I read that, I almost just want to throw it away. Because I'm like, how can I keep his commandments? How? It's so, that's a hard saying. Okay, two of you it's hard for. The rest of you need to teach me how you're doing it. <laughs> it's hard. I read it, Brother Hank, and I'm like, if I, I do love him, but man, keep his... What? And 1 John 4 has never been so real to me as it's been real 
in the last week where he said, we love you because you first loved us. And the only way that I can love you is when I begin to understand that everything the Father has is mine. Jesus Christ bought it for me. I, I, listen, it's mine. There's a lot of us that don't witness. There's a lot of us that don't minister because we have the Father's blessing. God's, and we think he's mad at us. We see we're supposed to live his commandments and act his commandments if we love him. And we're frustrated and we're angry and we're comparing ourselves. We're looking at people saying, they do, I live better than them and they're blessed. Ever been there? I know how they are. John's ready for you too. He said, love covers a multitude of sin. That is, listen to me, I've heard preachers preach that, that it's talking about Christ's love. You have missed the whole thing. Because Christ's love does not cover a multitude, it covers all sin. It says when you get that God really loves you, like you get it, all of a sudden your work comes up. Steve read a quote today I want to read to you. He said, right behavior does not create right relationships. Right relationships creates right behavior. So when Ed was preaching this morning, and he talked about the two preachers in the 1800s, and he said one of them preached hellfire and brimstone, and one of them preached the love of God. I said, well, the one that preached the love of God was D.L. Moody. And he said, the one that preached, the, he said it backwards. Well, I, I realized what happened. He was right. I'm reading, I've read, just finished two books by D.L. Moody right now. That man, there's no more, there's not a guy that's full of love like him. He was talking, but I was talking about the older D.L. Moody, and he was talking about the younger D.L. Moody. The same guy. He realized something, and I'm telling you, I realized something Wednesday night before I preach. I have preached so many times out of concern, out of really wanting people not, the wages of sin is death. And preaching hard at sin and going after sin, that is not the way to conquer sin. What you must preach is you must know Christ. The right relationship with Christ will give you the right behaviors. I used to go through the list and preach to the teens this and this and this. Listen, it's not about this, 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 and this, and this. It's about Christ. If you get your relationship and say, God, I really want to know that you love me. Like, listen, everybody in this room, Joyce Myers said that she wrote a book called The Love Revolution. It was the least sold book she has ever had. And you say, why? Because everybody thinks they get love. I don't, I don't really need it. Yeah, I know God loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me for the Bible. I got it. I got it. And we're walking around. And we're working for him and we're coming to church on a daily basis and we're trying to go into the field just like the elder brother. It's pointless. I want you to see this. The prodigal comes back to him and there is dancing and there is music. And I thought, how many times did I, should I have danced and had music and rejoiced with God? But because I was so focused on the list and I've got to please him and it's by my works and I'm serving, trying to serve him faithfully, Brother Dennis, and I'm trying to push this thing and I forgot that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I, in him, when I get into doing what he wants me to, all there is is rest. There's a rest to the people of God. 1 John 4, I'm just going to preach down here because I just feel it tonight. 1 John 4, perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. 
When I'm complete, if those that fear are not made perfect in love. Amen. You say you get that, you don't get that. Because I'm telling you, that's a meat sandwich that takes some digesting. That takes something to think about. We, how much fear is in our life on an everyday basis? The fear of men, the fear of all these things. When we really get it's about the Father and we're complete in His love, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what the situation says. There's no fear because I know He loves me. Nothing will happen to me. Throw me in the fire. He'll be there. Throw me in the lion's den. He'll be there. It doesn't matter. The perfect love of God, it'll throw fear away from you. I talk to people all the time that are filled with fear. And they don't realize the Father loves them. Man, I wish I could just take the anointing sometimes when you're preaching and just take it with you like a pill sometimes. Monday morning at work. Give me the... Amen. I didn't even know how this was going to come together. The father says. Jesus is talking to these 12 guys who all they understand is the temple and works. And he's like, I got to get this out of you. His first sermon, I got to get this out of you. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will he give to those that ask him? I'm telling you, look at your prayer life. Some of you have mastered this. Because it says to know the love of Christ, understand with all saints, okay? You've been in this thing for a while, you might get this. But I don't know how long I'm going to be in it, and I'm still going to need to be reminded. Steve was teaching Sunday school this morning, and he was like, don't tell me what the biblical definition of justification is. And I thought, you know, it's sad. I can tell you the biblical definition. I can probably give you the Greek and the Hebrew on it. But I don't, sometimes I don't get it. <laughs> you know it, but you don't get it. How many times this week, I'm looking at the clock, how many times this week did we pray and we threw the prayer out there and we're kind of like waiting to see if maybe God might, if we've read enough, just enough, or maybe we've prayed just enough. Oh, we felt God this week. We base it on everything but Bible. I mean, this is revolutionizing my life. I, I remember driving this last week thinking about this. I remember getting in my truck to go to work thinking, he loves me. He doesn't tolerate me. He doesn't say, maybe I, he's all right this week. I'm the apple of his eye. And that drives me, and it should drive you. How many are your thoughts towards us, O oh God? David got it, the man after his heart. If I should count them, they're more than the sands of the sea. David began to understand who the Father was. When you pray this week, it's not based on your performance. When you pray this week, it's based on solely the love of God. And we will pray again knowing. He said, hey, listen, my dad's love for me is as far in my mind from evil as anything is. But Jesus said, hey, compared to that kind of love, the Father's love for me, it's considered evil. That is deep and scary and good in all different ways. 
God is anxious to answer. I, God's so good that before we call, he's already working. He's so willing to answer his children's plea that he's already lining everything up. Before you even called, I answered. What a scripture. I want to preach so bad on the word of God tonight. Some of you preachers know what I'm talking about. I got it in my mind. I was going to preach on the word tonight. I was going to hold this Bible and make everybody commit that we're going to get after this. <laughs> I missed the whole love part. You want to get into this? Fall in love with him. Now let me show you the second part. And I promise you I'm going to try not to cry, but whew, John 21. This is my favorite passage in the whole Bible. This, this, Brother Hank, is my life right here. Every time I read it, there was a little funny thing in Shrek one time. He said, ogres are like onions. You peel them and they're, they've got levels. Every time I read John 21, there's something deeper and deeper and deeper. When I think I've exasperated all of it, there's something deeper. And I want to show you this. The first guy was the prodigal, the elder son. And if you're the elder son tonight... Go into the banquet room and begin to rejoice again. God's not mad at you, even for being the elder son. If he was, I'd have been kicked out a long time ago because I've been the elder son. All he did was come out and say, hey, come on in. Like, I'm not mad. Amen. We always preach about he's waiting and he runs to the, the prodigal. If you're a prodigal tonight, God is watching and waiting for you to take the first step. He will run. But you listen to me. We preach that too much. We don't preach, hey, if you're the elder son and you got a bad attitude and you're scared of God. Listen, I didn't put that down for a second. And he said in Luke the same thing. I didn't take the one talent you gave me and I didn't put it to the exchangers and I didn't work for you because I knew you were austere man. That's the only time the word austere is used in the whole Bible. And his opinion of the father was a hard slave driver that expected all these things and he was so scared of him. He said, what's the point? If you have the wrong opinion of God, you know why I used to never want to preach this message? Because I was like, God, I'm going to give everybody a pass to sin. I noticed when Steve talked today, I was smiling. Two or three times he said, no, you can't just go sin because you almost feel like you're giving people a pass. But what you're really doing, and he kept just nailing it, what you're really doing is telling them, if you'll fall in love with him, Hey, go back to the fruits of the Spirit is love. We always quote this fruits, but we never talk the last part, for which there is no law. If you get love, you won't break the law because there won't be any law because you won't even want to step outside the bounds of it. If everybody in this room walked with all the fruits of the Spirit, there would be no need for policemen. There would be no need for anything. We'd prefer each other. We'd be long-suffering. We'd be gentle, Right? If you get the love of God, you'll stay in bounds. You won't get out of bounds. And here's the greatest thing ever. Paul wrote and said, if you're not perfect minded, the Lord will show you. If you got something wrong with you, he'll check you up. He knows how to do it. He's a good, you know, that song, good, good father. I had a friend that they did that song weird and it's just kind of wrecked me from that song. Stick, let's try to stay clear of it. 
they, they got up there and started singing your good, good daddy, and the whole congregation was. And ever since I heard that, I was like, oh, gosh, he's not a daddy. He's a father. He, he's, he, I get what they were trying to do, and I get they were feeling what I was feeling today. He does sometimes want you to climb up in his lap. He really does. Why do you think Jesus said, if you're going to get the kingdom, you've got to be converted as a little child? You have to sometimes, Brother Hank said something one time, and man, it just hit me in my male ego. He said he realized that he could not protect his family, that he had to trust God to protect them. And dude, he's a bad dude. I would not want to cross him. I found a picture at one of my birthday parties. I was five. And I, I'm serious. Hank's arm was as big as my head. He was jacked. But he didn't even know when he said that. God showed me all the ways I thought I was going to handle it and I was going to be the man in my house and I was going to take care of her. And I realized something. No, it's about you, Father. It's got to be you. I can't go with her everywhere. You've been to Walmart lately? It's a scary place. You got to, Lord, please protect my wife at Walmart. Thank God for Publix. So, but you know, he, he, when he said that, I thought that that's the problem. We don't want to be children and go to God and say, I really can't do this. I've got a problem. We call them problems, but they're really bondages. And we, we don't go to our father in love and say, hey, can you get this off me? Can you, can you I, just crawl up in his lap? You know, so many people are about to what I want to do tonight and we're going to make a covenant. We're going to read this word. We're going to hear this word and we're going to do better. I've preached that way so long. I told God tonight when he was moving, I'm so sorry for the way I preached. I thought I was doing right. If you fall in love with the Father, you will love this. God showed me about five years ago, I used to say, Lord, I want to know you. I heard Maddie in a Sunday school class today say, sometimes she prays for the joy of the Lord to be renewed. She thinks it's going to come down like a magic lightning bolt. And here's the joy of the Lord. And I used to say, I want to know you. I want to see your face. That song I used to... And he showed me the only way you're going to know him is right here. This is, this is how you're going to know him. This, and the more you read this, the more you're going to fall in love with him. The more you get this in you, the better your life's going to be. Amen? So let me talk to you about my second guy. He got it. He understood the love and it changed him. John 21. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love thee. Now he says, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. 
So you've probably heard this a million times. I want to apply this tonight. You can put that down, buddy. I want, I want to apply this second guy tonight who got it. All of a sudden, Peter has cursed Christ. He's gone out and wept bitterly. You ever been there? You've wept bitterly? And you're, you're tired of what you've done, or you're tired. Dad said it tonight. You're tired of service as normal. And Jesus shows up in the room, just poof, appears. Right after he's failed him. He doesn't address him. Can you feel the condemnation? We talked about the opposite of justification is condemnation. Can you feel the condemnation that is getting Peter down and discouraged? He's like, the Lord always, even if he was rebuking me, he always acknowledged me, but here I am in this failure and this fault, and he shows up in the room, and he doesn't even acknowledge me. You say, is that in the Scripture? Oh, it's in the human beings part of that reading in between the lines so he shows up again and they're scared and they're in the undercover and he talks to them again and he shows them hey thomas by the way i thought you said uh you weren't going to believe till you see it well here you go stick stick your finger right through the hole here's my side he never addresses peter condemnation will destroy you So what does Peter say? I'm going back. I can't do this anymore. I can't, I cannot. Do y'all see? I I haven't had enough time to really get this from me to you, but I'm praying the Holy Spirit helps me. There's a lot of Christians in church that have failed him. And they are waiting on him to come give them some kind of miraculous word. And they are condemned and they are beat down and they don't understand the love. So Jesus says, oh, he's going back. Okay. I love Peter's response in John 21. When John, let me tell you something. What do they call John? The beloved. He got the love. Who was the first one to recognize Jesus through the hard time? The beloved, the one that loved him. Listen, there's something in that. And when Peter hears it, it says he was naked, but he had his shirt off. He covers himself, jumps in, and swims to Christ. Everything he thought he wanted in the world was right there cooking and ready for him. First of all, go back to 15. After they were finished eating. And then he says to him, hey, do you love me? Do you? And listen, I know there's all kind of deep meanings. He, he denied him three times, and this was a three times affirmation. But I'm telling you, today while Ed Wilson was preaching, it was way more real to me than just all of that stuff. And that's good, okay? But the real thing Peter was understanding was when he says, feed my lambs, he all of a sudden said, boom, I'm back in the game. God hasn't forgotten about me. He hasn't changed. There's a lot of Christians. You might be here tonight. God's calling and telling you, you're still in the game. He still loves you. Your denial or your failure did not change God one bit. He showed up and just to make sure he got it, he said, hey, don't just feed the little ones. I want you feeding the older ones and I want you feeding the bigger ones and I've got huge plans for you, Peter. Nothing that you did changed my love. 
And we say we know that, but we've got to grab that. We, he expects us to work, but we don't work for the love. We work because of the love. We get it. Wow, we're failures. Wow, we have exasperated in every way. I have tried, Brother Dennis, to make God not love me for some reason. And every time I fail him and every time I fall, I come to the conclusion again and again and again and again. His love is so beyond my comprehension. He never fails me. And Peter got it. And soon as he got it, all fear, there he was hiding. Now he is standing up in the town square at the day of Pentecost, proclaiming Christ. Thousands getting saved all because he got it. That no matter what he does, the love of God will not change. The love of God is always going to be there. And if I'd have preached and said that earlier, I'd have said, man, that's watering down the word. It's the love of God. If you quit working because you failed him, get back to work. The price has already been paid for the failure. Get back to work. Get the condemnation off of you. If you've turned around like Peter and gone back from God in your heart, said, this is just too hard. And I can't live this. I can't do this. Even right where you are, he's asking you tonight, do you love me? You say, Lord, you know I love you. I wouldn't be here if I didn't love you. And he says, then why are you not working? Why are you not praying? Why are you not blessing people like you used to? Why is my house not joyous to you anymore? Because I thought you were a hard man. I don't want to go see the evil father's house. Do you? So a lot of people don't like church service. They're scared of God. They have no clue. They've let Christians even... Good-meaning Christians like myself sometimes preach the opposite of the gospel. It is the good news. It's the great news that he loved us enough. Ed nailed it today. You think I would let my sweet little niece die for somebody? Not in a million years. I'd scratch somebody, shoot somebody. I'd do whatever it took to keep her safe. But our father watched his son. When you read 1 John 4, I hope you read it tonight a million times. Some of you are praying, God, I need to be better with my mouth, and I need to be better with how I treat people, and I need to be better. It's right there in 1 John 4. When you get how much he loves you, and you know God, you love his people. It, it, It just comes. It's, it's not a learned behavior. It's a character of God. When he comes with you, the love, and it covers sin, and we overlook each other's failures, and we submit to one another, and all these things we want, they come when we get how much God loves us. Amen? So tonight, if you're one of these two people, maybe you're Peter and you've walked away from him. You know that I got so busy here at Evangel one time that I walked into a service to preach at a camp that wasn't even our camp for a Christian Missionary Alliance camp. And I was about to walk up in front of those teenagers and man, we had a great time. You can ask, the band went with me years ago. And I realized, Steve, that I was working so much for God 
that I couldn't remember the last time I prayed. And right there before I preached, I preached. I want you to get this. Right there before I preached to these students, I asked God to forgive me because I had fallen in love with church and not him. I didn't get his love anymore. I was working because I was going to show God that he could trust me and that I would handle it. I had somebody this week text me and say, I really appreciate the leadership role you have in our church, and I trust you, and that scared me to death. You better not trust me. You better trust Christ. This is his church. Don't, Don't trust me. And I knew what they meant, and I was very thankful for what they were saying. But don't you dare trust me. I, I've got to, it's, it's too easy to get caught up in the good at this church. It's a good church. You know, when Ed Wilson was talking about, he sees all these other churches, and then John Loper was talking, sometimes we're, we're so busy working as the elder brother, we don't even realize what a good thing we got going. We act like there's some other super church out there that's got something we don't have. Go try it out. Get you some of it. You're going to get a bunch of skinny jeans and you're going to get a bunch of flannel and a bunch of thick glasses and you're going to hear the same sermon. Go get you some of that. It's about as deep. I'm not going to go there. You ain't going to live off that meat. Just trust me. Most of them get it off the internet anyway. This is what we're going to do this week. We're going to talk about, and all they tell people is it's a behavior thing. You just change your behavior. This is not behavior modification. This is a father who loves you. And when you get that love, we will change the world. Amen? And if you think I'm preaching against churches, I'm not. I love other churches. But I'm saying we better not be the, pro- the elder brother working here and miss what's happening here. I'm thankful that we have Sunday night service. I'm hoping that it breaks out so strong that all these other members that don't have Sunday night service start to hear that God's showing up at this church. I don't want those other people's members. I just want them to fall in love with the same God. If you think I want us to fill this church up with other people's members, you're crazy. That You don't get and understand God. Amen? You know why we don't witness? We don't understand God. You know why we have to pray for boldness? We don't understand His love for us. We don't understand the awesomeness of the gospel. And when we get this, all of a sudden we quit praying for all the little things and all of a sudden they just come. Amen? Amen. Have I beat this? I told you I'd preach way too long on this subject. This is something that's just changed me. It's changed the way I preach. I'm reading D.L. Moody and I'm hearing him saying D.L. Moody was a hard preacher. It made me feel good because that means he was young and he was hard. And he, he finally had an experience that I realized I just went through the same thing. I'm not going to preach against particular sins anymore. I'm just going to preach knowing the love of God. It'll keep you from sin. It will. Amen? It'll overflow. Listen, I think we are on the verge of something that's been prophesied for years here. I'm talking about fighting a good warfare by the prophecies that have gone forth before you. 
scripture that this, this place is a special church. The vision that our pastor has cast is that he said when he came here, almost February, it'll be 16 years ago we came here. This February, it'll be 16 years. I cannot believe it. But he said, I'm raising up churches, not just one, but churches that'll get my people ready for the coming of the Lord. That's the vision. And if we'll get that love of God in our heart, we will have no problems when we go out sharing people that are down and discouraged and hurting and full of fear. You don't think this world's crazy? They're giving college to bunnies because Trump became the president? I, I, I read this and I'm like, that's where America's become? They needed a bunny rabbit? Because the economy's going to start growing again? Wow. We'll actually have a military? They need bunnies? We, we got to get to these people. They are deranged. They need help. They need this love. They need that completeness. And I hope you don't think I'm judging them, but I probably did judge them. But I got to let the love of God get more in my heart. But I just thought, can you see college kids? I need my bunny rabbit because I'm scared. And I thought, we've done a terrible job as a church. Not evangel, but as the church. Our influence is not out there anymore. That's insanity. And the more the devil tries to bully us in a corner and we don't preach our convictions and we don't, it's hate speech. Listen, it's coming. This is coming down the pop. But if we'll be filled with the love of God, there won't be any fear. Amen? Everybody stand.